What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of Discussing Art in the year 2022. I am NFT Logan, and with my guy, JLDRs, today we're going to be discussing the NFT metaverse. Well, now, what it is exactly and what all is currently being active or going to be coming soon. Now, just to, just to, be, just to let y'all know, this is going to be a very broad overview. There's thousands of projects that we will definitely be looking at more into in the year 2022. But for now, guys, stay tuned because we have a great show coming up in just a second. Thank you so much for that amazing intro, Mr. NFT Logan. I am your host, JL the Artist, a.k.a. Jeremiah Long, and I am so happy to be here with you in 2022 talking about the NFT metaverse. And if you don't know what the metaverse is, on a super broad overview of the metaverse, I will tell you here's the easiest way to describe it. The metaverse is the Web3 extension of all the amazing multiplayer multi um massively multiplayer online type gaming and um real estate and land grabbing and world building world that's come from the gaming industry from the decentralized finance from centralized finance from collectors perspectives from art lovers from influencers from influencer platforms from social media platforms so the most basic way in a single sentence to give you the elevator pitch on the metaverse is the metaverse is an interoperable way to take you and all the NFTs and things you own and love from one place to another and keep them consistent. So a good example of what the metaverse is, is when you would go and play EverQuest or World of Warcraft or Call of Duty or Fortnite, or um, what is the uh, the Pixel one um, that everybody plays, Logan? The Pixel one. Uh, the Voxels. Uh, um, uh, I'll talk about it more in just a second. <laughs> the name is just, <laughs> just very second, but we'll talk about it more when we get to NFT lands. But you know, there's uh, it's the game that all the, that a lot of kids are playing right now. They play it multiple. It's a multiplayer online game where they build things out of Legos. Um, essentially building things out of Legos in the metaverse. So all of those games, the difference in those games and what the metaverse in the NFT world is attempting to do is, for example, in Call of Duty, if you were to buy a skin or a weapon or some type of trait that you know you have as a badge or you know a way of viewing yourself in Call of Duty, what the difference between that and the same exact type of skin or weapon or trait that you would have in the metaverse is you could leave call of duty with your superman skin let's say and you could go over into another game so like uh, um the name is still explaining me but you could go over into another game um and you could keep that skin and it would change so that it fit the new place that you came to so if you you left you know you left Call of Duty and you went over into Grand Theft Auto, could you imagine what it would be like if you could take your Superman costume from one uh, game and then as soon as you logged into the new game, your entire inventory, all of your weapons, your traits, your skins, your stats, all of those things could follow you from one game to another 
And here's the big part. They could be usable in the game as in-game objects in a different game. So that's the whole idea of what the metaverse really is. The metaverse is not just a whole bunch more massively multiplayer online games. It's not just a rebranding of going online. It's not just a rebranding of hanging out with your friends in a chat room. It is the, the key to being a metaverse is interoperability. And what interoperability is going to do for this world and for the NFT world is something that is major and is a huge focus for us here in the year 2022 because the absolute explosion of the idea behind the metaverse is going to get it's going to get really muddy what's really a metaverse and what is something branding itself as a metaverse because of trends. So in that, the first thing I would love to do is pull up for you guys this website called portalcrypto.com.br, which creates a list of a lot of projects that they feel are important in the metaverse. And so at the moment, you can see, and the way that they are ranking these has to do with the market cap. So the market cap means the amount of money that is total locked value within that metaverse. So when you look down this list, the very first thing you were probably going to notice is you've never heard of a lot of these. <laughs> and that is important because the metaverses themselves have been building and growing for years, but the idea behind what a metaverse is is actually very new. So you have got a large, large amount of startups and brand new projects, things that are just coming out the gate that are doing their thing. So with this particular one, the ones I want to point out to you that we will be talking about today are Axie Infinity, which is a gaming platform where long ago, like a few, you know, a couple years ago, you could they had a land sale where you could actually buy the lands where the various games and stuff occur. And then what is mostly focused on with Axie Infinity is the com the competition games where you have three on three teams who can you know compete, and those you know competitions you know generate you know only in game token, but it generates you know uh, Ethereum. And so people, that's why that one's been number one for a long time. It has the largest market cap. And then it's it's just one that is known within the NFT community because it has been around for several years. So you've also got the Sandbox. The Sandbox is another major, major NFT community. It is also voxel-based so that the appearance of the Sandbox is similar to Lego. It's similar to uh, that other major game that I can't think of the name at the moment. And then um, number three, you've got Decentraland. And Decentraland is a full-on, massively multiplayer online world that is more similar to in look and feel to something like Fortnite. Decentraland is actually one of the very first metaverses that ever launched. It launched in January of 2017. And the token that you use to um, play the game inside and for all of the gaming aspects is called Mana. So you may have heard of the cryptocurrency called Mana. That's the, the currency that is used inside of the game Decentraland. So just the one more that we're going to talk about in this particular, um, in this particular uh, episode that I want to make sure to mention is DeFi Kingdoms. 
DeFi Kingdoms, and if you look at this particular chart, it's the only one that's got some green on it right now over on the seven-day graphic. And if you look at that seven-day graphic, it is it's going crazy. <laughs> and the reason that I wanted to highlight that one is because that one is a much is a very unique take on what's going on in the metaverse world. DeFi Kingdoms is a visual representation of decentralized finance that hovers around all of the different aspects of decentralized finance. And these are a bunch of complicated topics we won't go into, but it has to do with staking, liquidity pools, minting NFTs, battling those NFTs, going on quests and missions, and everything in DeFi Kingdoms is centered around an 8-bit style, or I think it's an 8-bit style, maybe 16-bit, an 8-bit style um, medieval world. So that is one of the other major ones we want to talk about on this list, but we're also going to be highlighting several emerging ones that either have just launched or haven't even had their their launch yet when it comes to their land sale. So that is something that is you know, really intriguing to me. And then we'll show a lot more visuals here in just a second of what these various metaverses look like. And if you're listening to our podcast, be sure to go and check out our video version over on YouTube or over on my Twitter account, underscore JDL. And you can check out the video version where we're going to follow along with some great visuals. But if you're just listening on the podcast side, thank you so much for joining us. We have grown so quickly with our podcast and it is all thanks to you. We've already had thousands of downloads and we are so excited to keep bringing you this amazing program, Discovering Art, throughout 2022. So, Logan Lovers, as I show you these, just this very bland list of market caps and you see things flashing we're talking about what the metaverse is and i'm going to flash through some other tabs while you respond but what is your first impression and thoughts of the metaverse when it comes to nfts there is just a ton of potential here uh like you mentioned with because there's thousands and thousands of just different things we could talk about here we're only highlighting a couple but it's just, it's crazy because like you said, the earliest traces could be found in uh, 2017, which is, you know, just about five years old now. Mm -hmm. And so this is still a very new, very fresh uh, take on, like you mentioned with gaming, how you can change skins from like a Fortnite to Grand Theft Auto and keep it the same. I mean, that that's really, that really has an appeal, um, especially on the, the younger generation too, because like you said that. Um, you know, kids, all of them have Xboxes and PlayStations and Nintendo Switches now. And they, they you know, they spend their life like how kids, you know, back in the 70s and 80s and uh, even earlier spent it in front of a television just watching shows. That's their form of entertainment now is right. playing those different types of games. And it's only going to get, you know, stronger and stronger, um, you know, just throughout throughout the their times because they're more popular and more accessible than ever from different countries to all across the U.S. And like you mentioned with like the Axie Infinity Sandboxes, Decentralands, all of those, uh, it, it's crazy just how many there are and how many kind of up-and-coming projects there are and just the amount of potential behind really all of these are astronomical. Absolutely. And, you know, the biggest thing that I want to highlight too is it is an astronomical amount of metaverse properties and 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 ideas that are launching right now. So everyone who is just learning about the metaverse, 
just like um, Logan was saying, you know, like the metaverse itself started several years ago with some various projects. And we're actually going to discuss a project that even predates Decentraland here in a moment, goes all the way back to 2014, actually. And yeah, and that's probably going to blow some people's mind because a lot of people found out about NFTs in 2021, just last year. But the history of NFTs and the history of the metaverse actually goes much, much deeper. And we're going to just graze over the top of it. But it is very important that we talk a little bit about every single, you know, historic idea that was coming out just because it is just an incredibly diverse world and incredibly diverse market. So, Mr. Logan Landers, as you were speaking, I flashed through just the word metaverse over here on Twitter and just see what actually comes up as you scroll through, including our live broadcast here on my Twitter account. But, you know, I just wanted to flash, you know, that because when you look and just look up the word metaverse, it is super muddy. And the first thing that I notice is I don't really see anything about the top NFT metaverse projects that I actually am going to be highlighting today. So that's something that I found interesting. So taking it even further back, I just wanted to show you this. Okay. October the 14th, 2021, Nail Nail Moon Elm put this amazing thread and I highly suggest that you check this thread out, but we're going to go to go to look at a little bit of the relevant pieces of this thread and talk a little bit about what might have been the first NFT metaverse. Now, like we spoke before, you know, there have been massively multiplayer games that are not crypto related for decades, literally for, oh my gosh, like probably way, way back. The first online gaming probably went back to the 90s, you know? So mm-hmm. that being said, it was only, you know, if the first, at the very, very first ever multi, you know, online multiplayer games came out in probably the late 80s with what, what were called MUDs, multi-user dungeons, which were just people doing text-based adventures on the most rudimentary version of the internet, which wasn't even really an internet. They were intranets that were just being operated on computers inside of a small network. And then into the early 90s, into the mid-90s, when they started to develop past just just a, a text-based multiplayer games into games where you could actually interact with each other and have graphic representations on into the amazing high-end, you know, high-functioning games that we know today from all of the platforms like PlayStation or Xbox. So all of those things had been developed, but what we had not seen is the idea of interoperability. And so that is something that totally changed with a game called Serutobi Island. So Serutobi Island was an iOS game that was launched in 2014. So 2014 is an amazing time and an amazing, you know, experience for a lot of people just jumping into crypto and it'll make you cry yourself to sleep if you look too much at screenshots from that time because Serutobi Island, I I saw a screenshot from this game and at the time when the game launched, you could have bought 10 Bitcoin for like a dollar. And th- and you used that Bitcoin within the game as an in-game token. And so, yeah, Serotobi Island, as it lists here, is a game that tips players in Bitcoin released on Apple's iTunes store. So that is crazy. And that was released in 2015. So the ideas started in 2014 of 
the idea of making you know interoperability and making um uh, you know play to earn games in, in crypto and then in 2015 is when the game actually was released so what does it mean and how does this relate to the metaverse so Saratobi Island as I go through here I'm just going to glance glaze very quickly over what Nelson's saying here it said um, here's a quote from the developer. It made sense to add Bitcoin into the Sarutobi iOS game to allow users to purchase in-game bananas for Bitcoin. Apple did not allow the use of Bitcoin to purchase in-game items, but I still wanted to shoehorn Bitcoin into the game in some way, so I decided to make the game and send the player small amounts of Bitcoin as they played. So, boom, the first play-to-earn game for Bitcoin was created, as well as what you're about to see was the first metaverse item and the first metaverse itself. And again, that always centers around interoperability, meaning you could take an item from one game over to a different game and use that same item in a different way or in a similar way. So then what happened is the creator, Christian, wanted to create an in-game power-up for the game, so he created what's called a ninja suit. And a ninja suit was a ninja suit that goes on the monkey that you have. And just letting you know that Saratobi Island was one of those um, passive games where you swing through trees and you know you try to jump over things, and it's a you know it's platformer type game. So it was a you know it's a very simple game. There was it's not a 3D game. It's not a it's not a first person shooter. It's not a massively multiplayer online game. It is a tokenized you know tokenizing asset game um, that you know allowed you to you know, to just play for fun. That was the whole idea. It was just a fun game. That was the whole idea. So he created this ninja suit object within the game so that you could use that and then says um, tokenizing it uh, on 5-6-2016, making it the first original NFT of the first play-to-earn game. So that is something that is also very noteworthy. It was the first NFT inside of a play-to-earn game, most likely, there, you know, you never know what could come out of the woodwork years from now. But as far as we know, and these are the NFT archaeologists I trust, these were created in that way. So scarcity wasn't on the mind of the person who created this at the time. They wanted it to be highly accessible. So they originally minted, and minting means creating in the NFT world. They minted 21 million, but um, 20 million of them were eventually sent to a burn address, which means that out of the 21 million that used to exist, now only 200 are left. Yeah, yeah so that that's wow. where the scarcity begins to ha really happen. And um, that is something that actually, you know, happened more recently. Um, because, you know, when it was originally created, you know, it doesn't matter what the quantity was. It was fine to have a lot of quantity. You know, nobody was really... Nobody was really thinking of it for its for its uh, scarcity. People were thinking of it for its accessibility. So then, here's what really changed everything. So in the metaverse thinking, Christian was thinking way ahead of his time. It occurred to me that a user could link their counterparty mobile wallet to Serotobi, and Serotobi would be able to read what tokens they had in their wallet. And so, just breaking down what that means, counterparty is a wallet that is used to hold Bitcoin assets and Bitcoin NFT assets that are produced on the counterparty platform. Now, this is a platform for NFTs that launched in 2014, in January of 2014, and has been creating NFTs and NFT products such as the Rare Pepe's for the entire time from 2014 to now. So if you thought CryptoPunk started NFTs in... in um, july of 2017 
welcome to a whole new world of a completely, absolutely rare NFTs from 2014 through 2017. And many of the humble beginnings of the metaverse were all came out of these different different pieces. So here's what really happened next. They took pieces from Saratobi Island assets, right? And they took the the ability to read counterparty tokens within the within your wallet in the game and they combined the idea. So the first thing that he did is he decided to develop a game where you could use any counterparty token as a seed that would generate a random monster in the game and Sarutobi Island was born. And so that is just one of the most major things that happened there. But what happened to make it interoperable? So this is, and I'm going to go very quickly through this because, again, you know, there's so much. We could do an entire episode just about Sarutobi Island. But what happened next is Sarutobi Island was not the only play like game that had been launched by then. There was another there were several others, but another one that was very important was called Spell of Genesis. And Spell of Genesis was another popular game that was being played by people, you know, and it's a play to earn game using Bitcoin. So the play to earn aspect of it was actually put together. So just breaking it down before I get too deep in the weeds, the next thing that happened that really turned on the idea of the metaverse was the creator of Serotobi Island implemented an idea where he took what's called an FD card. An FD card is the first SOG issuance, making it the first tokenized asset of any game ever. Ever, He took that idea of the FD card, and he made it so that an idea like a ninja suit or an FD card or these items could be used interchangeably from one game to the other when you logged in to your spell of genesis account there were I, there were items such as a shitoshi there's a shitoshi card then shitoshi is the name of um the person they they think created bitcoin there was a shitoshi card that you could if you owned it over in satori uh, uh sorry make sure i pronounce things correctly <laughs> if you pronounced it if you if you had the the item in sarutobi island then when you logged into spell of genesis you were automatically given a parallel asset that had the same name that had its own functionality in the other game so all of that is to say sarutobi island and spell of genesis were the first two games to create assets that you could use interoperably between if you had it in one game, when you logged into the other game, you also had the game. So that is just a quick overview of where this all might have begun long ago in 2015 or so with the idea of the metaverse. So between 2015 and 2017, that was the original Genesis idea of the metaverse. Now, I just very quickly just want to mention, you know, that there are other programs and other um, historic metaverses that came and went or came, went and then came back that have been, um, that have come through the ages. And a lot of those came in 2017 and 2018. I'm just barely going to mention just one or two, just to, just to glaze over the top of it. But, but historic projects like Ether City, there's another one called Sue Squares and several others that actually create, 
that actually gave us a lot of infrastructure and gave us our first taste of what really could happen. And I'm just going to very briefly, if I can make this tab show up uh, quickly and easily, I will just very quickly just flash this, and you're not going to be able to see it too well on the game on our uh, our live stream. But um, maybe I can just go a little more full screen here. Just it eh, doesn't really do much. We're going to stay with this one. Um, but this is. White Rabbit 1111, who is an NFT archaeologist. This is his list of major assets that came up before the year 2022. And so just very quickly, just mentioning some of the metaverse-related assets that you know came through at that time are Etheria, also Pixel Map, and also Sue Squares, and several other projects, including D-World, that were the idea of the metaverse before the metaverse actually was fully formed in the minds and hearts of you know the regular world or the crypto world. So just flashing through that, just let you know, every single thing he's talking about on this chart up to the very edge comes before everything that you ever heard of in 2011. I mean, 2021. So the origin digital antiquities market is ripe with amazing metaverse ideas, but also plenty, you know, several other very important projects that were just starting to really discover exactly the effect that they had eventually on all of the other metaverses, NFT projects, avatar projects, and everything in between. So that is just a real quick overview and a real quick history of the metaverse. So moving forward, one of the first real crypto metaverse ideas that got its legs got strong and has been thriving and moving forward ever since is Decentraland. And Decentraland is an absolutely incredible game. If you haven't played Decentraland, I highly suggest you run over to Decentraland.org, log in, and just jump in and start playing. You don't have to have anything except for a MetaMask to jump in and, and attach. And the only reason you even need a MetaMask is so that you can have your, your player profile attached. Beyond that, you get to create your character for free. You don't have to mint anything or pay any fees. There's no there's no ongoing fees. It's, it's completely free just to, to roam around in the metaverse and hang out which is one of the reasons that Decentraland has been such an amazing, amazing project for so long. So just telling you, Decentraland is not only a metaverse, it is a place where you can build things. It's a place where you can own virtual lands. It's a place where you can create objects, and you can create what are called wearables. Wearables are clothing, they are um, items you hold, and all kinds of other aspects of it. So when it comes to metaverse, just remember, a metaverse isn't just a place to hang out. It's not just a, p a barren piece of blank land to, you know, to just to exist. If, if a metaverse can't really thrive unless there's something to do there, you know, and that is one of the things that makes the Decentraland such a solid and long-standing project is because you can go without fees or, you know, just for free, just if you want to just join and come hang out, you can go to Decentraland and you can have a Times Square virtual party. You can hang with your friends. You can see everybody in a safe and constructive way. You can listen to musical performances from top artists that are in the metaverse, many top artists that are just now entering the metaverse, in fact. And you can view beautiful art galleries. 
You can go to hangs. You can go to social events. You can even go to special events that are, you know, political based and all those types of things so that you can actually, you know, find like-minded people and discuss things that are important to you. So just keeping in mind that, you know, while Decentraland is one of the best metaverses, the whole idea of the metaverse is interoperability. So one thing that we we see somewhat in Decentraland emerging and that we want to see continue to emerge is the idea that if you have an asset in one area like Decentraland, that you want to be able to take that asset with you and port it over to other metaverses. Because the idea of the metaverse is you have one satchel on your back full of your stuff and you take it to whatever world you want and you can still have those things that you have had in those other worlds. So that's something that we see just now really beginning to take hold is that aspect of the metaverse. So that's Decentraland. And I definitely wanted to just flash Decentraland because of the incredible things that are happening over there. I personally like to hang out in Decentraland and just go like they're showing, go to a party, just hang out, just just vibe with people, meet some cool people, go to a sponsored event, and just have an incredibly fun time. So that is Decentraland. So next, I want to just very briefly show you the Sandbox. The Sandbox is an incredible 2D-style world that is... Oh, Minecraft, that's what it's called, yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word earlier. But uh, um, uh, Logan, are you aware of Minecraft? Oh, of course, man. It's one of the biggest games in probably last, what, 10 plus years. There's, that's right. You'll, you'll always see uh, someone wearing a Minecraft shirt or a hat or are just brought up in, in pop culture every week. It's, it's one mm -hmm. of the biggest things going. Absolutely. And so just letting you know that the Sandbox is a metaverse in the crypto world that's powered by its own token called Sand, and it is in the style of a Minecraft type world. So they use this voxel style building thing. And what is really great about Minecraft is in this, or whatever at the sandbox is very similar to Minecraft. You can create objects using the voxel creator and all of these tools are given away. These are free tools that you can use to create these objects. And you can actually create objects that you can sell inside of the sandbox or just to create, to enjoy inside of the sandbox so the last thing that you know for a real quick idea of what the sandbox is without going too deep the sandbox is also a place where you could buy a plot of land and in each of those plots of land they're big enough that you could create games you could create a house you could create a whole lot of assets you can create things so I've seen really amazing sandbox demos where they're not just creating objects, but they're creating these amazing worlds where you can go and hang out and do things. So you see there's, especially this particular video where he's dancing, you see how there's some similarities, you know, even though the graphics are, you know, based off a different idea. So Logan, do you see how there's a difference, but a similarity between this and something like Decentraland? Oh yeah, I can definitely see how they are similar in some ways, but also different. Mm -hmm. And so this is just one more real quick glance at, an, at you know, a place in the, in the sandbox, and you can just see how deep and how quickly it can get deep inside of the sandbox. If you look down towards the, the bottom right corner, you can see some people that look like they're holding some type of light weapons, and they may be playing games where they're, you know, they're versus battles, you know, battling monsters or battling other players, battling teams of players. And so there's, there's a, an amazing limitless aspect to 
you know, the sandbox that makes it really cool. And so I just wanted to, you know, also act, you know, just put forward, of course, where Sarutobi Island and Spell of Genesis got it right all the way back in 2015. We're creating assets that can be interoperable between multiple games and multiple ideas. So the sandbox where they have opened up the ability to do something similar is you could take, let's say that you're uh, in, in the NFT project called gutter cat gang. Cause that's one that I've seen really utilize this. They are creating a sandbox version of each of the characters in their NFT collection. And they're going to give those, those items to their, um, to their holders so that they can enter the metaverse in the sandbox with their gutter cat. Because a gutter cat right now is a flat piece of vector-based art, and that's all it is. It's just a piece of vector art. And so if you wanted to go into the metaverse and you wanted to be your particular gutter cat, you're going to need this 3D uh, voxel-based character that is based on your particular character if you want to use that in the game. So here's just a real quick view of the the alpha you know, emergence of the sandbox. And this is like what's called um, the most intense race in the metaverse. And so this was, a, a you know, a maze-based game someone created inside the metaverse. So that is something that's very exciting. But if you think that's exciting, and if you love the idea of Minecraft, then I definitely cannot pass by mentioning NFT Worlds. NFT Worlds is a slightly different idea. Okay, so we, you know, you mentioned that you definitely had heard of Minecraft, right? Of course. Okay, so NFT Worlds takes things an absolute step further by literally giving you Minecraft World. NFT Worlds literally are private Minecraft servers using the Minecraft API. The things you see on the screen now, and if you're listening to us, what I'm showing is some video from uh, NFT Worlds is that in, in a single NFT that you possess of an of NFT World's collection, like if you own one NFT World, you can build your own entire metaverse inside of this, inside actual real-life Minecraft. This is not a crypto-based world that you have to have a, you know, a MetaMask, and you have to have this, and you have that. This is literally using an NFT as the gateway and the ownership property to allow you to create your own private Minecraft world. And so here's another example from within the game. They just launched a couple days ago their first test of multi massively multiplayer in-game ability. So here is a single NFT world with hundreds of people in it all playing and look, they've got their swords. These are actual players and an actual competition going on. And as you see, Logan, this is an actual Minecraft world that's been created. So this is the this is the connection between Web 2 and Web 3. This is a project that I absolutely wish that I had found earlier <laughs> because I just didn't know about it, honestly. I have I wasn't aware of exactly what they were doing over here. And I didn't, and I'm not a Minecraft player personally, you know. Sorry for that, guys, but I'm just not. And so I just wasn't aware of exactly how much work that this team was doing. But now that I'm starting to see exactly what they're doing, I am blown away personally because as you see what's going on here, and have you played Minecraft, um, Logan? 
I've dabbled, but I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Jeremiah. I just never got the bug for it. I I, yeah. I can definitely see the appeal, but I, I never was quite bit by that Minecraft bug. Yeah, so, so think of this, and this is one of the other reasons why I feel that NFT Worlds is a very important project to mention and an extremely important project in general is because the person who owns a single NFT world and creates one of these amazing layouts, like here's one that the uh, Supducks have created. You can see in the background, there's just incredible detail that they put into these things. Mm -hmm. And there's actually constructor, you know, there's actually contractors, metaverse contractors, and I'm not joking at all. There are metaverse contractors such as the company called Eternity Builds that actually create will create these worlds for you or for your community. And you see the amount of detail in this world. I mean, this is, this is a lot of hours and it's an entire team that put it together. And the other aspect that was important for the community is the particular subducts themselves that have been created to work, you know, to live and, you know, breathe inside of that Minecraft world. So what I, what gets me the absolute most excited about NFT worlds is the fact that you can sit here and oops, let me cut the reminder, is that you can take your NFT that you own and you build this world out, and then you can invite anyone who plays Minecraft, anyone with they don't have to have a MetaMask, they don't have to have crypto, they don't have to be into NFTs, they don't even need to know what an NFT is. All they have to do is love or be having access to Minecraft. And from there, you can give them access to your own personal private minecraft world server and just look at this the amount of detail is absolutely intense and what really makes me very very excited is that the technology behind minecraft has been developed for several years so they're like hey i don't need to reinvent the wheel i'll just give you private access to your world using the nft structure and then you can create these incredibly elaborate worlds and use this incredibly elaborate processes and simple processes too. While it does seem very, you know, complex what they've built here, the gameplay and the gameplay aspects are absolutely solid. And just as I illustrated in that other video that they posted, they were holding 200 plus people in an online, you know, world with no slowdowns, no worries. It just worked. So shout out huge to mm -hmm. NFT Worlds for their amazing thought process and just incredibly forward-thinking idea. This is just something that I just, I mean, my, my mind is blown, and I honestly wish that I had got, you know, I'd been a part of this, you know, project from the ground floor, you know, just putting it out there. A few of these projects that we're talking about I am investing in, uh, but don't think of it as investment. I just, I collect things because I love them. It's not, <laughs> it's not really for that. I love them, I, and the main reason, I'll tell you this too, the main reason that you should, in my opinion, join any NFT community is because of the community itself and because, or because you want to support an artist. Those are the two main reasons, in my opinion, that you should even be involved with the NFT world is to find amazing communities that are supportive of you or are supportive of values that you love or that you just absolutely love the art and utility of the idea such as this, which has intense utility and you want to be a part of what they're doing. So just a huge shout out to that. So what do you think about NFT worlds, Logan? It's crazy. Cause like you said, this, you know, we looked back at some of the ones that started in 2014, 2015, 
all those years ago. And now we're seeing just how, how massive it's gotten with the, like you said, with the Minecraft integration and just having your own private Island and uh, all of the amazing costumes that you can carry over from different worlds to different worlds and different lands. It's insane to think that this is, you know, it's becoming a more and more real thing. And it's, you know, something that if you would have told somebody 20 years ago, right. That Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, you know, if you were, if you were playing uh, Grand Theft Auto, you could definitely go over to, to like Sonic or something and have the same skin in there. And they would be like, hey, there's no way that's never going to happen. And well, mm-hmm. you know, here, here we are uh, fresh into 2022 and it is becoming, it's a real thing. And it's going to be, I, I think uh, more and more prevalent as the year progresses. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely, definitely will. And, you know, who knows what happens next with NFT worlds. But I will tell you, it seems like only up from here for these guys because they have not even fully launched all of the aspects of what they plan to do yet. And I would say I would venture to guess that the Minecraft community still isn't fully aware of what they're doing over here. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very excited to see what happens with NFT worlds over the next bit. So real quick, I'm just going to flash through a world that's not yet launched. And then I'm going to show you a world that's fully launched and is and has really been moving hard and just adding more and more value and more and more intensity as we go along. So the example I gave before was that the you know uh, the NFT metaverse has been growing and moving since at least 2015, really starting to get some steam and some real strong applicants and strong entries in 2017. And then, of course, 2021 is when the world found out what the metaverse was. And as they found out what the metaverse was, then everyone realized that we want to get into this. We want to understand what's going on with it. So this is another project. This is a pro- This is a community that I am a part of, the Forgotten Runes Wizards cult, who had just recently announced that they will, you know, well, they didn't recently announce it. They announced it pretty early on, but they have started to talk about when that they're going to be launching their version of their metaverse. And so just real quickly, I just want to flash this world map. So you know, this will give you some feels as to what might happen, you know, with this, with these worlds. You've got this classic world map that's very similar to the one you might have seen in the front page of a long um, fantasy novel or one that you may have seen in a Dungeons and Dragons game or something like that. And as you, as you look here, you're like, oh, okay, so there, this is a medieval world, you know? And medieval worlds are some of my favorite personally, which is one of the reasons that I really gravitated towards this project. But as you see here, you know, this is just... A, a small corner of what could be just in this massive metaverse world. And as you look through places like this, you see that there is a intense potential for what could be coming. So if you are involved in various NFT communities, it's very likely at this point that they have may have mentioned how that they are going to involve their self with the metaverse. And as we start to really get deeper into it, many projects will find a way to incorporate into the metaverse so that they can be what is the heart of the metaverse, interoperability. And so the reason that I wanted to show Forgotten Runes Wizards Cult is because there's their conviction to be interoperable and to be able to take your Forgotten Runes Wizard Cult um, wizard from place to place and still be able to be your wizard is one of the reasons that this project is thought of to me as one of those 
interoperable projects. And let me show you just the quickest example of how that works as we move into our next project, which is World Wide Web. So World Wide Web is a project, let me flash this one real quick. So World Wide Web is a 2D metaverse that is similar to Stardew Valley or something, um, you know, that you used to play, you know, in the, uh, the old um, Final Fantasy worlds or all of the great RPGs of the past. And so the reason that they are making this a 2D world is because this is an extremely, extremely light load to, to play. So you could literally pull this entire game up on your phone browser and it'll still work and all the various functions will still work. So that is something that's unique about World Wide Web is that they're deeply committed to making it accessible to people who want to be involved and want to play. Another great aspect of World Wide Web, similar to Decentraland, is you don't have to own anything to play World Wide Web. You can just jump in and have a great time. And here's the example I'd love to show you that has, you know, that also relates back directly to what it is that, you know, I do personally and the Forgotten Runes wizards are doing is experiencing the metaverse. So what I'm showing on the screen now for all of our podcast listeners is a picture of the bar in the uh, World Wide Web called the Thirsty Wizard. And the Thirsty Wizard is an exclusive bar for people who are um, members of the Forgotten Runes Wizard Cult community. So if you wanted to go inside of the bar, and if you're watching the video, you can see the door just under the forgot the uh, Thirsty Wizard, then the only way you can enter that door is if you are wearing your skin for your Forgotten Runes wizard. So if you're looking at the video version, you look right to the center of the screen, you can see me on the screen there with my Forgotten Runes wizard standing there looking like Santa Claus. And if you look below there, another incredible interoperability aspect to the metaverse is that you can see my ENS name at the bottom. And an ENS name is an Ethereum name service, which is a way of displaying your name for your wallet without having that long, hard to deal with address. So showing this, and I'm going to play this for just a second. Let me pause the music, though. You can see that, you know, this is a real world. And if you keep moving in there, you can see these are people in a world. And as we go through here, and I just flash people moving around, you can see there's another guy. He's about to go into the thirsty wizard at the top. He's got his wizard skin on. And you can see what's happening here. And if you notice all the people that don't have skins on their characters, those are characters that maybe not have, they don't have a, a skin on their community yet that is interoperable with the World Wide Web. But as you can see, there are a lot of different characters there that are wearing the skins of their various NFT communities, including the Forgotten Runes Wizards Cult. Uh, the little bears you see there are from a, a project called The Littles, I'm not actually sure what the um, the stitch guy with the green um, the green face is on his, but you can see the difference there is their uh, their community hasn't quite created the full walk cycles for their characters, so it just displays his head on the top of the body. And then off to the left side, if you're watching the video version, there's actually a guy who looks like Rick from Rick and Morty, and he is a character that's an, a non-player character, but is an ownable NFT character that lives inside of World Wide Web. So that's just another amazing interoperability. So see, this is the real heart of the metaverse. Going to a metaverse and hanging out with your friends and being able to take your NFTs and use them as 
pieces of your actual, um, you know, things from your little, your backpack of your life, things from your NFT collection, and you can actually take those from game to game and use them. And so that's why I wanted to flash this. It, oh, you see that toad in there, Tao, too. You know, we've got some cryptodes that have joined us. There's some moon cats that have joined us and all these different communities that are all together in one place in a, one metaverse, even though they're all coming from different communities, from different aspects of the world. And then, of course, at the very end, I have to flash this because, you know, we're I was playing a unauthorized punk rock set right in front of the Thirsty Wizard and uh, I played punk rock and played some requests and just rang in the new year. This was this was right uh, on New Year's Eve in 2021 that I did this. I didn't even have to ask the devs to set this up. I didn't have to talk to any of you know the World Wide Web people. I didn't have to do anything except create a punk rock flyer, tell my communities about it, and get set up. And then I used Twitch to overlay the speakers and the other aspects that I wanted onto the actual world so that I could play and play music. And so I was able to do all of those things without having to do any complicated coding, without having to do any kind of, you know, strange you know uh permissions i was just able to do it because i wanted to but in the end i play that we had a a real fun aspect where since we're playing a punk rock show and that we're always afraid we're going to get rugged or get shut down that the very end of the um of the day the cops showed up and ran us off and so this is just a really fun other aspect that i showed here you know and this is a a fun you know another fun thing that we put together just to show how amazing and fun that the interoperable web really is so as i as i um round out from that what are your overall thoughts on the metaverse here logan as i have explored some of these different worlds well like we said in the opening there's a bunch of different worlds and lands that we can look at and we were able to highlight a handful of them today and while yeah mm -hmm. they are all phenomenal with their crossovers with their accessibility with the uh with their amazing community support there's dozens and thousands and millions of other ones out there, right? I mean, because we saw in the beginning that we just aren't familiar with or who knows, you know, we might see some of the ones that we weren't able to mention today become one of the biggest uh, World Wide Web databases in this the year 2022. Absolutely. And that's just the thing. You just never know. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, it's like, man, I wish you would have got in on that. Well, here, you know, if, if something comes across our radar and the vibes are right and everything seems good, we might be able to get uh, something in there. But I think overall that just the um, the amount of stuff, the accessibility, the um, creativeness, of course, the amazing artwork and hard work and hours that were put into all of these, it was tremendous. And uh, I, I'm glad we were able to take some time and look at all of these amazing worlds. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's just the last thing that I wanted to, you know, just highlight. And, you know, just just saying, you know, we didn't even really get deep into some of the other ones like DeFi Kingdoms. I don't even know what Render Token is or UFO Gaming. Um, I've heard of Starlink. There's one a little further down that, you know, that um, I've heard of called Star Atlas. There are several incredible projects that you know, we would take it would take us hours and hours and hours even to highlight the absolute best, most known projects. So if you are overwhelmed by the idea of the metaverse, here is the main takeaway that I would give to you for that. Take your time. Just 
enjoy what it is that you love, and then just just don't really like stress over it. You know, pick one, maybe two communities that you really want to explore, and then just take some time and just check it out. You know, and don't get you know if you if you try typing the word metaverse in Twitter, like I said, you're going to get an absolute flurry of things. And, you know, and like I said, we didn't even have time to go into some of the most important ones that we haven't even really explored, like 8-Bit World that's over on the Phantom blockchain, or the Power of Women, Women of the Metaverse, you know, Mega Metaverse World, like, even just flashing through here, I see things that I've not even had a chance to really explore yet, but I bet you there are extremely active communities that are doing absolutely amazing things. And so just keeping in mind, as we round out today's amazing episode of Discussing Art, that the metaverse is not necessarily new. It probably began around 2015, but it's also not old. It is extremely still emerging and different aspects and different amazing things that you're going to want to learn about, different opportunities, land sales, land grabs, and you know the cash grabs are coming from the corporate entities. Just be on the lookout for these, and I would highly suggest you keep it really light, find a couple projects that you really love, and don't worry about the FOMO. Don't worry about the fear of missing out, because if the metaverse continues in the way that NFT you know, and Web3 would like it to, then all you really have to do is find communities that you love, you know, um, get with the assets, skins, weapons, and those different properties that you that you enjoy, and then just in you know within a year or two, you'll probably be able to take everything that you have and just move from major metaverse to major metaverse, and that is going to be really fun, and it's going to mean because and this is one thing that's very important about um, NFTs is we want to do it in a decentralized way, meaning that the NFT community hopes there won't be a central single Amazon or Walmart of NFTs. We don't want that. We want there to always be small creators blowing our minds with their amazing new ideas, new innovations, and then what will happen then is the communities will stay smaller you won't have a billion people. You don't want have you know a third of the entire planet on a single social network. Instead, you'll have the communities that are thriving all over the metaverse. And what will happen is everyone will congregate over in the World Wide Web, over in Decentraland, over in the Sandbox, whenever there are amazing quality events occurring in those metaverses. So then you don't have to worry about Constantly posting on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, Twitter, every other platform. You can just enjoy what you enjoy, find a community that you love, and then just sink in and just enjoy it. And when you see things that you like, go join Decentraland, go jump into World Wide Web, have a great time. And when you know the other metaverses start to emerge and they start to tell you, you have to jump into this one, you have to jump into that one next, you have to jump in you know to the Gaiaverse and to the meta war and to this and that and the third don't worry worry about it so much just be like eh, I'm good I'm hanging out I've got my community I love my people over here and I will see you at the next one you know so that is 
that's the basic overview and what I really wanted to highlight for the metaverse today. And as we as we we round out, just giving you that freedom to avoid the FOMO. Don't worry about the FOMO. Don't worry if you didn't get in on amazing projects, you know, on the ground floor, because the best metaverses will be openly accessible. There will be opportunities for anyone at any level to join in and to have fun. And there will be opportunities coming up that none of us can predict in this year of 2022 in the NFT world that will give you yet another opportunity to jump in and really have a great time. So thank you so much for watching. Mr. NFT Logan, thank you so much for co-hosting with me on this amazing episode of Discovering Art, where we broke down everything, well, not everything, where we broke down a very narrow but very important slice of the metaverse and metaverse lands. So thank you so much again for joining us, and I hope that you stay tuned with us for another episode when we come back for Discussing Art. 